Welcome to The Closing Table. I'm your host, Joseph Foley. Today, we have Zach Adler of the Durst Organization. He's the Director of Transactions. Zach, thanks for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. Cheers, mate. Cheers. So, why don't you tell me how you got into real estate and where you come from, where you went to school? Sure. Uh, well, real estate for me actually started as play as a kid. I was really into this video game called SimCity. My brothers and I were. And it's actually a great game for somebody who wants to be in the real estate business because you've got to uh, work with zoning, pay taxes, police stations and schools. And so it sparked an interest. The other thing I was really into was Legos. Um, I still am. I'm building the Magic Kingdom right now on Legos. And uh, that teaches you literally to build a foundation, first floor, piece by piece. Um, but I remember being in high school very obsessed with this thing called the skyscraper page. And I always wanted to know what the tallest building in the world was. I could tell you in the order which of the tallest buildings were in the world. And I still, whenever I travel a lot, try to go to the tallest building in whatever city I'm in and look at the view. And so you know, New York now, World Trade Center has that. And it's, it's such a pleasure to have that. Um, I realized real estate could be a career when I was in college. I went to Emory in Atlanta. And uh, my dad's an attorney, and I thought I was going to be an attorney also. And I went into a pre-law society meeting, and there were 600 kids there. And I was like, I think I need to find something else to do. <laughs> so um, my dad is part of a running group. I started going to the running group and just asking all the guys what they did for a living. And this one gentleman worked for a company called Study. Mm -hmm. To be honest, I just thought that was a cool name. So I asked him if I could intern there. It turned out to be a very large commercial real estate brokerage company. I uh, worked there in D.C. that summer, worked for office uh, during the school year, and one of the executives there told me about the NYU real estate program. It wasn't called Shack yet, but I went there for, uh, for grad school, and while there, I got an internship at uh, Time Equities, which was my first job at college. It's great. I actually just interviewed one of the top professors for real estate finance there, Ashley Rossabon, and the programs in Manhattan are amazing. Columbia and NYU have great opportunities. They have the part-time and the full-time, which was discussed a couple weeks ago. Uh, so, how did you transition from you know, NYU to this organization over a hundred years? I mean, this is a family of just real yeah. estate. Leading. So, when I was going to school, the school was on uh, it's on Bryant Park, 11 West 42nd Street. I, would, I watched this building go up, mm -hmm. and I remember thinking to myself, "What would it be like to work there?" So that ten years later, I'm here now. It's really, it's really quite something. Uh, Time Equities is known as an investor, condo converter specifically, but they were going into development. Um, and I worked on a project called 50 West Street, which is now being built and uh, I think 60% sold, and uh, development in Southwest Brooklyn uh, called Federal Building. And so my first job was to take, you know, help that team to take these first two projects through ULA, uh, the Infirm Land Use Review Process. So at 22 years old, I was in the thick of it already. And then when the economy turned, I got a job at a private equity fund, GTIS Partners. And my job was to help that team restructure you know, projects that were falling apart, basically, joint ventures, buying loans, or, you know, a couple of foreclosures, a couple of even more foreclosures. You know, it was a tough time, it was a great education. Um, we mostly invested in developers, and I liked the bricks and sticks side of things. I think a lot of people on the development side would say that. And so I moved back over to the development world, and uh, That's great. So uh, your time at Durst right now, I mean, it's a great education. I mean, you hit every point brokerage, too. Equity, you were through the crisis of 2008, and you're here. It's awesome. Uh, why don't you tell me some stuff that you're doing here? Sure. Uh, well, you know, our director of transactions is huge. You guys are definitely busy, we'll say the least. And uh, so, how does that handle? What's your kind of day to day, and you know, what are you guys looking at currently? Sure. Um, well, we recently closed on a large acquisition in the 
East Harlem, 1800 Park Avenue, uh, at 125th and Park. And you know that took a year for us to actually acquire. We started off uh, buying a mortgage, and then working through that process, we didn't have any foreclosure. We were able to work out a deal with, uh, with the original owner. Um, we got another deal in another city that we're that we're looking to close on relatively soon. Um, prior to that, I worked on helped the team acquire the House Point development site in Astoria, Queens. That was our first project outside of Manhattan. Um, we work on you know, finishing up two projects: EOS on 31st and 6th, and mm -hmm. Leah on and Frank on 57th between 11th and 12th. Both those projects have completed construction, are leasing up, and, and our team is going to work on taking the construction loans and the permanent. Uh, we also have started work on House Point Building 1, and we're in the process of getting a construction loan. And I was in China this summer helping us release uh, EB5 funds for that project. It's amazing. You're a busy individual, a senior estimate guy. Well, awesome. We have a really good team. Yeah, that's So you were explaining, we were talking before about this building that we're in, the Bank of America building uh, at Bryant Park. Beautiful building. I think it's, uh, it's a very eco friendly building. Why don't you tell us a little about how old and how long sure. real estate is actually? Sure. Um, so this building was being built in 2008. I love working here. I will say I had nothing to do with the construction of this project, unfortunately. But it's obviously um, a symbol of the Durst family's uh, success in New York. Um, started quite, the most amazing statistic to me is that this building was built, completed in 2008. Seymour uh, Durst started acquiring the land for this project in the 60s. Um, so you want to talk, you know, I think one of the number one lessons I've learned working here is extreme patience in the development them extreme patients imagine buying a project now that we're going to build for years it, uh, it amazes me but it makes our current investment strategy very interesting because I can look you know we can look to next cycles when we start looking at projects you know, we don't, I worked at a PE fund that needed to make 20% returns in three to five year olds and that's one way to look at real estate and real estate investment and ours is a much longer term horizon which allows us to do different kinds of deals and, um, I really like those kinds of deals it's definitely an exercise in extreme patience. I mean, every deal we've closed on since I've been here has taken you know, months to actually work itself out. Between the day it was sourced and the day we closed, it's going to be a long time. We have the ability to move fast and liquid and we're financeable. It just it seems to have worked out that we buy these deals that are, that are quite complicated and take time to work out. Yeah, it sounds about the right. I mean, you have your fix and flips throughout you know, the United States, some actually Manhattan, but the three to five is kind of like the, the threshold where everybody's at. No one can really think about the two different cycles. Forty years at least. I mean, that's yeah, you have no well, idea. There's other large family-run firms in New York that think that way as well. Um, we're not a condo builder. We can't do condos in, in that kind of time horizon. Um, so it's all rental, and you know, that market can be challenging at times. But it's uh, it's a great way to do business. So why don't you, you you're in the thick of it? Why don't you tell me a little bit what you see in the real estate market on your realm? Sure. Um, I can't speak to the condo market. We don't do that. Um, I've done it in prior positions, but not currently. We definitely focus on rental housing. We've been known as an office developer. We still have you know, a World Trade Center massive office investment in development. Um, but I'm very focused on helping inspire residential sites. And the land market's different. You know, it's very quickly changing, um, even from a year or two ago. I think sellers have not adjusted to that mentally, uh, understandably. Um, perception is reality a little bit when it comes to the market, right? People think there's going to be a downturn, so there's going to be a downturn. Mm -hmm. uh, lenders have definitely retracted the size of the loans they're putting out. Um, there's EB5 has been a great program for us. There's a lot of headwind against that going forward. Um, 
other interesting capital providers have stepped up and filled that role, like at higher prices than where, where banks are. But the belief that there's going to be a downturn has a way of creating a downturn. Um, also, from a legislative standpoint, you know, developers are, rental developers are very reliant on 421 a to build projects, and right now that, that, that law does not exist. And so, making the economics work on a rental project just can't be done in New York City. Mm -hmm. So, that has an effect on land prices. Um, you know, I think psych, you know, it was interesting for our, for people um, of our generation to experience what happened in the last two cycles because we joined the workforce during one of the hottest real estate markets ever, 2006 7. And then we got to experience one of the worst downturns in history. And I remember I thought all the wrong things in 2009 when the stock market that bottomed out, I think the down was like 6,300. I was like terrified, terrified. And I remember thinking to myself, this is not what you're supposed to think. Everyone says to be greedy when everyone else is fearful, and I was terrified. But watching the market recover the way it did was such a good education that when, when things get that bad, that's the time to buy. And so, you know, I hope we as a firm can pick up as much as possible over the next few years, because I think pricing, you know, it hasn't adjusted yet, but I think pricing will adjust, and you know, we can think a cycle or two ahead, and I hope to be able to, to, to buy land over the next few years because it was very tough in 2012, 13, 14, 15 to buy things that made sense for rental. They worked for condos, but they didn't work sense for rent, make sense for rental housing. So I sense an opening for a rental housing developer to have a chance to buy some good land. Yeah, I completely concur with that. Uh, completely. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for buying. And I, you know, it's that whole mentality of like consensus. You know, uh, what does everyone think? You have a contrarian aspect to that as well. Be like, everyone thinks it's going to crash, and it might not. I mean, they thought that in the 60s, and it just, the stock market went for 40 years up to the 90s, and then it's going to crash. Well, uh, but, this will be very leverage-focused, right? Yes. Um, real estate requires a lot of capital. I mean, most people borrow that money. Um, and if you can't refinance your loan, you have to sell or taking a partner or do something. Um, so even if the land uh, is good land, if you can't really take out your mortgage, you've got to do something. Yes. The appreciation has to be there and people aren't refinancing and they're not the rates they can afford. You know, that cover ratio is not working. It's all like all the metrics aren't working uh, to a certain, to a certain degree. Uh, but time will tell, you know, that's how this is and we'll see what happens. We all might be completely wrong. It might be just a great little slow pace, and that was a really big bottom. We won't have a 2008. I, I, I think that's not for another second. So as you know, the show is called The Closing Table. You know, what does that mean to you? I mean, you've been to a ton of them uh, over the last couple of years. Sure. Um, you know, I like to think of it as a, as a nice moment of celebration. You know, to get to The Closing Table is a gargantuan effort on a lot of people's parts, both the team that I work with, and, executives at the firm and all of our consultants. Um, so there's a moment of just, of, we did it. Mm -hmm. but as a developer, it's kind of a new beginning because our work just begins then, right? We've got to get the project designed, built, and so to, to actually turn what we bought into what we're going to turn it into, uh, it's a new start. So it's kind of like, it's like a marriage a little bit. The wedding's a big celebration and the, then the real work begins. Um, but I sure will try to make sure we we celebrate a little bit. It, uh, you don't get to the closing table without a gargantuan effort on a lot of people's parts. Thank you very much, Dr. Thank you. Cheers.
Well, that's it today for the closing table. Follow us on Instagram at closing table. Uh, we're at www.closing-table.com. Follow us on Instagram at closing table. Let's get you to the winning side.